Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Parent Pod. How are you both? Good. Oh no, sorry, not good. I'm feeling <laughs> um, catastrophically tired and I feel really bad because I'm always, I my word always relates to being tired, but I'm just so tired. That's parent life, right? Yeah. Layla's yeah. not sleeping that great oh. at the moment, so... Oh, bugger. At least Mila's sleeping. So that's that's good. Yeah. yeah. She's your favourite this week. <laughs> she is. She is my favourite, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Georgia? Well, I'm going to say cute just because oh. I have... Oh, you're feeling cute. Well, no, just because Might I have later. Florence with me. So she yeah. she can be the cute oh, one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. She is very, very cute. Yeah, you've earned that title. Yeah, she seems to have brightened up. Very handy having Matt, Catherine's husband. I did a video call with him to just be like, is Flo okay? So that was super handy. So thanks. Thanks, Catherine and Matt. Not at all. Great having a wee personal doctor. Yeah. <laughs> 24-7. I think he was just Help like, one. oh, he, he was like, sweet, I get, you know, some time away from the yeah. kids to do this. Lovely. He was like, any time. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> All day every yeah. day. <laughs> I'll be calling him at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, though, because, like, what I could hear just fits the conversation. I was like, oh, my God, he's so much more caring with other children than our own. <laughs> like, if it's with yours, he was like, oh, if the fever goes on this long, you know, take a... With ours, he's like, nap, they've just got to suck it up, basically, until they're on death's door. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> surely doctors and nurses are like one way or the other either like that or extra cautious Mm, i think he might be the on the other end of the scale Mm. how are you Catherine? yeah good my c word today is confident not in myself but um, Hugh had two more settling in visits this week at nursery nice. and Matt took him and bribed him and he was great. Oh, awesome. Didn't cry once. <gasps> yeah. And he, one of the visits was like three hours. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So yeah. It is so amazing. So I think Matt's going to just take him. We we're going to arrange his days so that Matt can take him for the next couple of weeks just until he's like built relationships there yeah. and feels happy and comfortable with the people. Um, and then I'll start doing it again and hopefully then he'll be fine. Mm. So yeah, quietly confident that it might work out. That's great news. That's That's really good. Mm. Oh, so good. So good. So, um, what's on top for you guys this week, Georgia? Um, we have actually just enrolled Harry into the kindy down the road. Yeah, which is really good. So they do, they have hours free for over two year olds. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had had him um, on the waiting list when we first moved here, and they said, look, we've got quite a big waiting list, so it might not happen until he's, you know, two and a half. So that's when we enrolled him into um, his preschool where he's at. But, yeah, just said they've got space. So we're going to keep him at his preschool because we really, really love it there. Mm. Um, So he'll do two mornings there and then two mornings at the kindy. 
so oh that's cool. so great yeah we it's went, great that he's doing both like for different experiences yeah and they are really different like the kindy is yeah. kids from two to five all in the same room um wow. it's very just like free play which i love that i think that's you know yeah it's fine definitely. Um, and yeah. to do two mornings a week at the moment, and then maybe we'll up it to three, or when he drops a nap, then he can go for like three full days. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dreamy. So, yeah. So good. Yeah, we did, had a visit last week, and then he's got one more this week. Um, he, like, actually screamed when it was time to go home. <gasps> oh, that's so Which great. He loves it. It's a great problem to have. Um, they had like these ride-on tractors and he was just obsessed with it and was making one of the ladies like push him around for about 20 minutes so they funny. probably find it so cute. So yeah, that's having good. two-year-olds there when they've got like big grown-up five, like almost six-year-olds. I imagine. Yes, yeah, and he is a kid that loves looking. Like anytime he's been with Hugh and me, like he just like loves Aww. the big kids. So I could see him really wanting to be following the big kids and. Um, like keeping up with them so I think he will just absolutely love it yeah. what about you Marley yes. what's yep. on top for you um for me this week is I've just um started running <gasps> no way yeah. oh go you yeah I really want to um be able to do a half marathon at some point gosh that's a great yeah so I really want to do a half marathon at some point so I thought <sighs> I've always wanted to be a runner. Oh. And I thought, I'm just going to start. And, um, yeah, I'm just doing the run program that's on, like, the Kick app. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's so yeah, good, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, I've only done two, so. Are they, like, <laughs> but, um, um, interval ones? Like, run, walk, run? Like, yeah. Yeah, interval, and then like they eventually the intervals will go like longer between running, shorter between walking, and then just, yeah, yeah, a long run. So, yeah, that's just a quick one for me this week. That's, that's so all. cool. Um, you yeah. should definitely book. Good on you, Mally. You should that's book awesome. like a five k and a ten k. You know, different mm. increments to for something to work towards. Yeah. Zane wants to do the Queenstown Marathon in November. Wow. So, like, I'm oh, like, cool. okay, will I be able to run half a half marathon by then? Yes. I that's probably like the yeah. perfect length Hope, of I'd time. Say. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think we'll book that and then we'll just go and do that and ma- hopefully have like a child free weekend maybe because oh, it'll be nice. after our wedding. Yeah. So oh, we could honeymoon yeah. go and do a half marathon for our honeymoon. Gosh, check you out. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I haven't done it yet, so I'll let you know. Just the thought's impressive. I like it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I'll keep you posted on how I go. Yeah, do. Send us your, like, Strava run so we can keep keep tabs on you. Oh, yeah, that's good. I have to – I don't have – I'll have to download that, but, yeah. What about you, Catherine? Um, not a very exciting one, but after you guys were talking about buying new clothes and – underwear last week I thought I need to get some new swimwear because we're going to Bali in a month on holiday and yeah exciting and I just wear I just wear like all-in-one rashy swimsuits because I'm so pale and um my my mole mapping doctor said that's what I should be wearing (laughs) 
Um, so I just wear those. And like, obviously, they're not like holiday ones, are they? If they're like, cover, you know, arms and stuff. So, yeah, but it's quite overwhelming because it used to just be like you wore just like a bikini, didn't you? Like a mm. triangle bikini or whatever. And yeah. it was like thong bikinis and like cut out all in ones and there was one called like a dental floss bikini which they does not sound comfortable no you can imagine what it looked like as well there it's there are so many options the swimwear now aren't there like it used Mm. to not be like that at all i was gonna say i can't say i'm really into the whole like showing your your whole ass to everyone like no maybe if i had a really toned butt and it was great, but the fact that I spend a lot of time sitting on it <laughs> hasn't, hasn't done me anyone just... <laughs> so... Yeah, like, yeah. I definitely think if you've got it, flaunt it. But, you're, yeah, I'm not obviously mm. looking at a, at a dental floss bikini, for sure. Mm. Um, more no. like, I love the fact high-waisted is an option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love I've high got waisted. a high-waisted one. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And there's so many cool one pieces. Mm. Yes, I was thinking I might get a one piece. And there's those that have like one piece with tummy control as well. You know, like a yeah. almost like spanks. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So I'm thinking I'll do that. And do you know what oh, else right. I was thinking? I know you guys are, are avid Love Island um, watchers too. Did you read that mm. they um, are only wearing secondhand clothes on this season's on this year? I did. Yeah, so cool. which is so it's great. But surely not what for thong bikinis. bikinis. Yeah, true. <laughs> and that's all they wear. Mm. Like all they wear really is thong bikinis. Do you reckon they're secondhand? Surely not. Surely they're just meaning the like nighttime the dresses. The night dresses. Yeah, like the stuff they dress yeah. in in the evenings. Because yeah. like I love I an op shop find, but I don't think I'd ever buy a thong from an op shop. No, no, oh, really? no. <laughs> I've got plenty. <laughs> I'll let you know I what I find. Kidneys, no. um, so we should probably get into this week's episode because it's a long one. Yes, enjoy Catherine's birth yeah. stories. How good. We love yeah. hearing these again. Oh, I'm so nervous about it, but I hope oh. you all enjoy it. Today we're going to be hearing from the last of us um, about our birth stories, and that is Catherine. So Catherine was the second of us to enter motherhood. She had bad morning sickness, heartburn, an episiotomy, and meconium in the waters with her firstborn. But she obviously forgot about this very quickly as she went back for her second only six months after he was born. But unfortunately ended up having a very similar pregnancy and birth. You are such an incredible mum to your two gorgeous boys, Catherine, and obviously made having two look like a breeze as Marley and I followed in your footsteps. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm <laughs> I'm really nervous <laughs> to share it. Don't be nervous. No, I think no. Um, it's just so it's strange revisiting it, I think, when I was thinking about it yeah. earlier. And I reckon maybe because in my head... This quite, might be a bit controversial to start with, but I think birth is lovely and I can totally see how it's beautiful for lots of people. Not saying mine weren't beautiful, but I totally just see birth as something you do to get your baby <laughs> rather than yeah. this yeah. lovely experience of, I don't know, you know, empowerment and motherhood. You know, yes, I thought that was cool. Mm. I've done that. But for me, it was just something that 
happened so that you can have your lovely baby. Yeah, that's that's actually quite a good way to put it. (laughs) So do you want to start us off then with telling us what your pregnancy was like with Hugh? Yeah, of course. How many weeks were you when you found out? Oh, maybe six weeks. And I had, the reason I thought it was weird was I had cramping at night and I was so gassy. (laughs) Like at <laughs> at night, I was having to get out of bed and like rock on all fours because I had such bad trapped wind. And I even oh my, oh god. my god, I know. And I've never had I never have that normally like on a day to day basis ever. And it was the first time I'd experienced trapped wind, which is really painful. But mm. actually, I had the same with my second pregnancy in those first few weeks. So I don't know what it is. And then I think at about seven weeks, the morning sickness hit. Oh, it was actually at the gym. So I, um, I used to go to F45 every morning, which I probably was a mistake going, you know, at 5.45 in the morning, because it's probably not good for morning sickness. But I just I remember I was doing a box jump and then I just ran to the loo and threw up and oh. thought, oh, I'm definitely pregnant. Oh. oh, I can't believe you were getting up that early when you were feeling sick. Yeah. What the? Yeah. Well, I just I was totally addicted to going to the gym in the mornings and that's when I exercise best and I just thought I really want to maintain a good level of fitness throughout pregnancy so yeah I just Mm. kind of thought I'll carry on going to f45 for as long as I can I did have to switch to afternoon classes though because I just couldn't do the mornings anymore Mm. um see I I generally be sick in the morning and then have nausea until about midday and then was fine I got a prescription of um is it activated B6, I think it is, which is just a vitamin. And I thought I'll just start with that for now. And then I was taking lots of um, like rehydration sachets and stuff and making sure I ate all day so that I didn't feel yeah. sick. That was that. And I yeah, kept going to the gym. And I think I finally stopped going every day at 26 weeks. Gosh, that's such a good effort. Far out. What was it called? My morning sickness did go at about 13 weeks. Thank goodness. and yeah and then I just absolutely loved being pregnant thought it was the best thing ever so Mm. just yeah really really loved it and I I had quite a big bump from early on yeah Um, you did didn't you yeah it Mm. showed really early yeah oh and you looked so good you were such a gorgeous pregnant person you were oh Oh my god I don't know (laughs) I feel like I feel like you were that, like, glowy pregnant Mm, person, you know? Like, your skin always looked really great, and you just looked really amazing. And your your hair, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, guys, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So, did you find out, did you find out the sex um, of the baby? We did. We did. We weren't going to, and then we got to the scan, and they started doing it, and I said to Matt, is that, do you reckon that's a boy a penis and he was like oh I think so and then we said should we just ask and we asked and he she said yeah I mean he was giving us a full frontal shot right there so (laughs) (laughs) yes that is a boy (laughs) and that scan they said to me oh he's he is measuring quite big but at 20 weeks we're not too worried about that Mm. so we'll just see how that goes and then we got a bit further down the track and 
Is it 28 weeks you start getting, is it your fundal height, your bump measured by your midwife? 28 yeah, weeks? Something think, like that. Yeah. And she measured it at 28 weeks and said, oh, you're a couple of weeks over. Um, at this point, there shouldn't be that much discrepancy. So I'll send you for another scan. And I was large. I am a short person and I have like a short upper body. So I was... I think that also contributed. But at the scan, they said he is measuring large, like he's on the 98th centile. But you also have a bit of polyhydrominus or drominos. I don't know how you say it, which is um, excess amniotic fluid. So he was just like loving it, floating around, having a swim in there, basically. Um, (laughs) They said they then look for a few things like they have to check he's swallowing and emptying his bladder properly and that everything's functioning so you're not just you're so you're not not clearing out the fluid but that was all functioning so they said you know for whatever reason it looks safe but yeah he's you have excess fluid and he's large and around that time 28 weeks the heartburn hit hard because he was bad oh god we actually we, we went to the rarotonga on a baby moon and we went to the night market and they were selling passion fruit. We bought a bag of passion fruit and I like sculled four or something when we got home. Said to Matt, like in tears, I said, I, th- I think I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm dying. I don't <sighs> like what's happening right now. Oh <laughs> I was my freaking out. He started panicking too. And then we realized it was heartburn. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> you I, I honestly thought I was having a heart attack. Cause I think obviously passion fruit are really acidic. But I then had it for the rest of my pregnancy um, and I th- I spent the last four weeks of pregnancy sleeping upright on the sofa. I just, oh my gosh. I was, yeah, I was really reluctant to take any medication for it, which is silly looking back on it. So I was taking the maximum amount of Gaviscon you could have, which was like 16 tablets a day. <laughs> you were sculling it out the bottle, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was. It was ridiculous. And I was just drinking milk because even water, mm. I think, was upsetting me in the evening wouldn't eat anything past 5 p.m unless it was milk or ice cream and then it was amazing once he was born completely fine like it never happened great isn't it it's crazy i feel like that's one of those like for me i forgot that i had that until Mm. you just started talking about that that's one of those things that like it gets buried right at the back of like your brain and then it's not until you're either pregnant again or someone brings it up. You're like, oh, that's right. Oh. That happened. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. Heartburn is bad. I don't know how people, yeah. yet, how people who have it all the time cope because it was miserable. So was there anything you did to prep for your labor? So we went to antenatal classes. I mean, you learn a bit about it, but not a huge amount. We yeah. had decided that we wanted to birth at the hospital. In my head, mm. I just thought, if I have access to like an obstetric department and a NICU and paediatricians, why wouldn't I use that? That just, yeah. Yeah. For me, it just felt like a no-brainer, especially yeah. with your first baby. But completely, you know, understood why people would want to do it differently. Didn't have a plan. Like, you know, did antenatal classes. I didn't do any hypnobirthing and I didn't do any reading about birth. Just thought it's natural like as in got to come out people have been doing this for centuries and yeah i'll just see what happens didn't really yeah. yeah i didn't read into it or look into it at all just thought and again with pain relief we heard about it at the antenatal class but just thought 
I'll see what happens when we get there. See, I have no idea what my pain threshold will be and I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, that was that was it. We did do a yoga birthing class, actually, which mm-hmm. was the most awkward hour of my life. Um, oh my gosh, I remember you telling me about this. <laughs> oh, oh, I just wasn't fed for it. We went in, there were like four couples. It was quite hippie, lovely. But she said, so I'm going to reenact birth for you now. And oh yeah, <laughs> I remember this as well. And she asked one of the men to stand up. Thank God it wasn't Matt because he would have cracked up. And she held his hands and then just started screaming this primal scream and pulling on his shirt punching his chest like screaming and screaming i can't no i can't you know when you're like i can't i can't actually look this isn't i'm not able to watch this because i'm just too embarrassed and overwhelmed that i can't even like you know when you just start humming to yourself thinking oh my god i'm not in the room i'm not in the room i can't be here and then I just got the giggles and Matt got the giggles too. And I thought, oh, I can't laugh at her because she's trying really hard. But oh, we left that and we're like, fuck, <laughs> what? Yeah. What have we done? Um, but also like Matt sees <laughs> births happen all the time. Was he like, that is not what happens. Um, actually, he said, I don't know if I've mentioned before. So yeah, Matt um, is a NICU doctor. And yeah, so he attends births a lot uh, it actually blows my mind that that's what like he sees births happening all the time he mm. does which was a decision you know that did contribute to our decision to birth at hospital because yeah. we um he obviously only sees the ones that goes wrong go wrong and yeah we had a discussion about it i was very open but he had strong feelings about being at the hospital which was fine i saw his point of view completely and could see why he'd feel nervous but yeah he he actually watched that and said yeah no it is like that oh. there's just no need for you to see that yeah <laughs> oh. Oh. oh my god so, um that was an experience so fast forward nine months well to the nine month point how did you know when you were actually going into labor so kind of before this I hit 40 weeks my midwife asked if I wanted to stretch and sweep and I was like hell yes I'm done (laughs) give me a stretch and sweep she did it and she let out this little like yelp noise as she did it and said, oh my gosh, he's just grabbed my finger. Oh, I remember you <gasps> telling me that. Yeah. Oh, at that point, I was like, what is his hand out? Like, what is going on? And she said, no, no. <laughs> and I just not noticed his hand had dropped out. <laughs> is it that loose down there? <laughs> We're like, that is nothing like what the lady was doing at the birthing class. <laughs> no, no point did she shove her hand back up and carry yeah. on screaming. <laughs> So she said, I think you need to pop to the hospital because, yes, you know, the waters are still intact, but he shouldn't be in that position. It's It can be dangerous if they come out like Superman style, I think, to their shoulders. Right. Um, yeah. So she said, let's get you up to the hospital and they can have a look at you. So he had a feel and said, oh, yeah, there's definitely quite a bit of space, but that's because the baby was in a lot of fluid because of the... Uh, polyhydromonose whatever it's called so he is kind of floating around there and can get his hands above his head and he said Mm. I'm hoping that what will happen is when your waters break is that his head will just um, 
kind of engage then and, and fall straight down. So mm-hmm. he said, I'm not worried about that for now. However, <laughs> I'm worried about the size of you. <laughs> so oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, great. Thanks. Just medical confirmation I'm a whale. <laughs> oh. So he said, I need you to go and get a scan. Had a scan. And they said, yeah, it's a big baby's four and a half kilos we reckon and obviously you're not huge so we're gonna i think we need to do an induction to get him out went back to the obstetrician he said i think yeah we'll we'll do an induction in in three days or two or three days because that's the earliest we can get you booked in um see you then at that point i there was no signs of labor whatsoever Mm. so Mm. went home and then got home and went into labor so I was Ooh. like, oh, scorched. <laughs> Gone into sp- spontaneous labor. And as soon as it started, I said to Matt, let's go for a walk on the beach because I want to, I know I want to stay active as possible. Like, so we walked about a kilometer to the beach, walking down the beach. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I can walk back. Like, this is oh. quite, um, there's a lot of pressure and this is quite painful now. Mm. but managed to walk back it just took us like an hour to walk a kilometer back oh my gosh yeah and I was really excited at this point to see I just yeah really excited it was about three o'clock in the afternoon and I was just couldn't wait for it to happen now and obviously so naively I said oh my gosh we're having a baby today mm. <laughs> got back and decided I'd watch Les Mis because I thought oh yeah I can have a sing and a bop on the birth ball whilst I have my contractions that'll be fun um my contractions they were quite irregular so I was having maybe some of them were a minute apart some were five minutes apart some were 15 minutes apart so they were just all over Uh the place but I didn't know that that was I didn't know that that was an issue I just no I didn't even know right until right now that there was an issue (laughs) no so um Mm. they have to be regular they have to be really regular for them to for it to be I guess effective labor or i don't know active mm. labor yeah so i yeah. called my midwife i this was at 9 p.m because i wanted to give her the heads up going mm. into the night and she said okay well if they're that irregular then basically carry on as you're going if it gets really bad let me know carried on at home and they started getting really intense so i popped the tens machine on and was using that how was that did you find that useful I found it useful as a distraction from the contractions for a different sensation, which actually yeah. I think is maybe how they work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, so, yeah. But as a pain relief, potentially not fantastic, but it was something to do and I feel like they were great at distracting me. Yeah. Um, mm. And so I said to Matt, I think we're going to have to go soon, get the hospital bag. He got the hospital bag something that's worth mentioning that I didn't find out until later he packed banana grams in our hospital bag <laughs> and we got to the hospital and I was like why is there banana grams oh. in the bag Matt and he said look I've been to a lot of labors they're very long for a first baby <laughs> and the midwife is always hanging around I thought Di might want to play banana grams <laughs> are you having a laugh <laughs> <laughs> How do you do this every day and think that that was an acceptable thing to pack? Oh my God. Wait, so they were for Matt and Di to play banana grams? Yeah. What was I meant to be doing? Just like screaming in agony in the background, being like, who's got the higher points? (laughs) (laughs) So I called her again at about 9.45 and was like, I'm I'm in pain. This is is really painful. Um, 
head in. So we got in for just after 10. And I remember her saying to me that that was like the worst time for a first time mum to call her to go in because then you knew you were there all night and you hadn't slept. Yeah. Mm. As a midwife. And so we got there and she said, oh, you're probably about four centimetres. But with with how regular contractions are and with the excess fluid, I think we should break your waters, you know, to get baby's head engaged in the right position because your contractions probably are irregular because baby's not in a good position and this yeah. will hopefully help. Mm. Mm. Um, so she broke my waters and then said, oh, your waters are green. Mm. So how, mm. were, how were you feeling at this point? I felt nothing at that point if I'm honest it was just yeah. like a okay Matt wasn't there because he was parking the car yeah um mm. and I was kind of waiting to see his reaction when he came back because I didn't fully understand what it meant I just knew it meant that it wasn't going to go 100% to plan mm-hmm. so yeah. he walked back in and I was like sitting on this pad with my waters leaking and it, it was just all um there was just poo in it and it was green and he looked at the pad and was like, oh, uh, right. Is there a meconium? And I was like, yeah, there's meconium in the waters. And he was like, okay, all good. Well, we're fine. Okay, huh. cool. That's if you're good. fine, I'm fine. Yeah. And I could see mm. him like, because um, at that point they were monitoring with the fetal heart rate monitor. And I could see him like glance over to see what was happening. And, and then he just said, do you know what? Like die is way, is like so experienced and knows way more than I do about this way more and i could 100 percent trust that she has got this so it's i'm just so good yeah i'm just switching off completely because i'm here as dad now yeah yeah i'm mm. here as dad and he really trusted her a lot so which was so nice because i trusted her too but um it was really nice to see him feeling that way as well knowing yeah i guess what he knows yeah mm. labored on a birth ball basically with monitoring overnight um and I remember a student came in at that point at about midnight and asked if he could come and join in. So it was just him, um, our LMC die, Matt and I just hanging out. Not playing Bananagrams? Uh, not playing Bananagrams, <laughs> no. <laughs> a couple of hours later, she checked me and I was still four centimetres and my contractions were still really irregular. So painful mm. but irregular. And so she said at that point, I think we need to get you on um is it syntocin on a drip Mm, yeah to try and make these contractions more effective and it just means that your contractions aren't doing anything they're painful but they're not actually moving him and that's why you're you haven't dilated anymore yeah that was great we did that i feel like about four o'clock in the morning as soon as that started i was like oh my god (laughs) this is Mm. so intense the syntocin so at that point I said I think I need an epidural I cut this mm. is and at the and I guess we've been going for about 12 hours oh, at that point oh yeah. and goodness. you wouldn't have like you wouldn't have slept either at all no so I hadn't slept at all so yeah about it must have been like 12 13 hours in I was like yeah I'll take the epidural please yes yeah. and within five minutes I was fast asleep oh. just it's so like, good honked out and our midwife went and got some sleep thank goodness matt got a bit of sleep Di woke me up a couple of hours later and said let's have a look at you and i was 10 centimeters wow so I was like, oh my gosh this is dreamy went from four you know having nothing in 12 hours mm. you know still being four centimeters after like 12 hours labor to then going all the way to 10 and a couple of hours of the epidural was dreamy yeah they said 
I think it's time for you to start pushing, which is exciting. Started pushing and they said, yep, they're great pushers. Kept pushing, kept pushing. The epidural had semi-worn off by the time I was pushing, which mm. I was told was a good thing because then it meant you could really feel the pushes and feel where baby was. Yeah. So that was yeah. quite nice. Like, it was not nice, obviously, feeling the pain again, but um, it was nice to be able to feel the pushes. And yeah it was great I felt like I had such an amazing support crew like Matt was holding one foot the student was holding the other foot and (laughs) Di was like down the other end telling me what to do watching it and really coaching me and I was like yes this is happening we're having a baby um so excited and then his heart rate started dropping Di said I think it's time for me to go and find an obstetrician because you've been at this for two hours and his heart rate's dropping and a bit all over the place and um, so the obstetrician came in and at this point it was morning ward rounds it was like eight o'clock in the morning she had a look said yes it's 10 centimeters yes you've been pushing for a while and then said like how tall are you mm. I was like I'm, I'm five foot three and she said yeah this baby's not going to come out on its own from somebody who's five foot three that's Aww. that's not going to happen um like he's too big we need to go to theater uh which at that moment was just really gutting because I didn't see that coming at all I just Mm. I really I thought I was pushing and I thought in the room with just these people and it's lovely and we're going so when she said we're heading to theatre I was like oh wow okay I thought there'd be like Kiwi Cup or something yeah Um, yeah but I guess with his heart rate dropping quite a lot she said we need to head to theatre now really that was a shock they brought all the forms into me and suddenly there were either two or three people just reading out these these statements to me so I obviously needed to have a like a spinal or epidural put back in because it had worn out that one or topped up or something so the anesthetist was there like reading out this disclaimer and I was just like what are you saying like yes yes like just yes why are you telling me all these things like what I'm in so much pain right now again this is quite a shock and then some like a obstetrician obstetric registrar was like reading out the disclaimer for the section and and was like just saying all these quite scary words Mm. and I said to them like why are you asking me this now like why are we doing this now yeah we have to like this is so you need to sign it I was like sign it like I don't have a pen what is going on (laughs) I was just so alarmed by this situation and she handed me a pen (laughs) Matt said I just drew a line across the entire page (laughs) just like no like yes I'll do it but no what is happening <laughs> what has happened so quickly and then it started beeping and his heart rate was dropping quite a bit um and they were wheeling me into theatre and they topped up my epidural and then I just was sick everywhere oh, oh I feel awful was so dizzy so spacey not a clue what was going on um and then they said okay we all need to introduce ourselves oh for fuck's oh my sake. god <laughs> And again, oh. this is clearly normal for people who are doing it. But I was like, obviously, I'm the mother. Like, <laughs> mm. here on the table, like, Catherine, mother. Like, this is just, the it just seemed ridiculous to oh. me that I had to introduce myself. It is so stupid. And it was, I think Matt found that situation then a bit weird. Because up until that point, it had been quite nice. And then he was sitting next to me and he said, like, Matt, I'm the dad. And then everyone was like, Matt, oh, Matt, it's you. He was like, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's me. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. But we're like, I'm about to give birth 
now. Yes. Can we hurry this along, please? <laughs> okay, we've had a feel. Baby's actually at the point where we think we can do forceps. We can give it a trial because he's low mm. enough down that um, a cesarean would actually be a bit difficult. Mm. So I think we're going to give forceps a go. And they said, you need to do the biggest push you possibly can do. Otherwise, we're going to have to like push him back up with a balloon. <laughs> and, oh my God. To do the section. And again, you know, you just are completely spaced out. I was honestly out of it like covered in sick and the poor niece just washing my face of sick at this point oh god <laughs> okay i'm gonna push i don't what is this balloon business and they say we're gonna have to do an episiotomy we're gonna cut all good and then they said do a massive push did one they're like yeah we got the forceps on him do another one and they pulled him out oh i know amazing. it was so good and he let out like a belting scream at that point oh oh that was that was such a sigh of relief yeah so that was just lovely and my midwife handed him to me and said let's let's get him straight on for skin to skin and she lay him on my chest and I vomited all over him (laughs) oh Oh, just everything and then they popped him back on me and it was just oh it was just you can't beat that feeling no you thought oh you're here and you're mine and it was just I had obviously the episiotomy needed um sewing up and I had two tears as well and I'd lost Mm. um a liter of blood so they needed to sort that out um but again I have no idea how long that took I don't don't even remember that because you're just in awe aren't you that you have a baby oh you really are yeah yeah they wheeled me through to recovery and all I remember was um, Di, my midwife, latching him on and he just fed instantly and was ravenous, just like going mm. for it. Um, yeah, we just felt on top of the world and that was lovely. And then we had that feeling of, oh my gosh, what do we do now? Yeah. Um, and we just sat there like in shock and awe until a nurse came and dressed him for us and was like, you should have dressed your baby by now. <laughs> <laughs> then we transferred to George's and... That was just the dreamiest three days imaginable. As mm. like as you know, it was oh, the dream. Newborn bliss. We both stayed there with Hugh. I remember they turned up and his bed was heated for him and and nice. we were so lucky that we had like a one to one midwife. They'd just come and wake me through the night to feed him and take care of me and brought me Milo's in the night and brought Matt a cup of tea and oh, it was lovely beautiful loved it so gorgeous how did you feel in the postpartum period um yes I felt pretty rough if I'm honest once I got home I felt rough um yeah I couldn't work out why I was still feeling really sick and nauseous um and was yeah was still was having to take um like indanzatron to stop the nausea and sickness and felt rough um my iron was really low I was keen to get some air and fresh air so I I text George and was like do you want to go for a walk with the baby in the front pack and George you just worked down the road so we met for a walk which in hindsight you had like a two-week-old baby and a episiotomy and we probably went for this like three four k walk oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah god. I felt it well yeah so then <laughs> As we were walking back, I was like, oh, something has just happened down there. What 
what was that? Like something, something has just happened. I think I said to you, Georgia. Yeah. I don't really know, but I need to go straight home because something's not right. Mm. Um, so I went back home. Hugh was sleeping, put him down, went to the loo and was like, what is happening right now? And there was just, oh God, this is so gross. T- like TMI for anyone listening. There was just like a, what looked like a large piece of meat hanging there like hanging out of me and I was just didn't know what the hell was going on like bits had fallen out and there was a large piece still there called I straight away like you know she'll know what to do she called her and she said right okay you need to describe this to me and I said to her looks like a steak like a steak you get in a restaurant just there if I pull it it hurts I don't really know what's going on and she said, I think you need to head to, um, to the hospital. And at that point, it, that just was such an overwhelming thought. And she said, mm. I can come to you, but we're still going to have to go to the hospital. Thought of going back to the hospital was just really overwhelming because I had Hugh. He was sleeping. And I thought, oh, God, I don't want to stay in hospital. Like, he'll need a feed. So mm. I called our GP and said, this has just happened to me. And they said, get get here right now luckily they're five minutes away so went down just just walked to the gp with this thing like hanging out of me oh my god and i got in and they were like okay we've prepared a drip just in case you've had a prolapse but this is fine you just have retained placenta and so they were incredible and they removed it there and then in the gp practice um it's amazing I know it mustn't someone said to me it can't have been too far up if they could just remove it there but then they sent me straight to um the hospital for a scan to check and put me on antibiotics in case I had an infection um yeah so yeah and actually I then felt like a new person about two days later so that I think that probably contributed to why I found the first couple of weeks really hard yeah, <laughs> I just felt rubbish enough. I didn't feel sick anymore and um yeah so that was that a bit of a weird <laughs> twist afterwards yeah yeah cool so then not that long after you decided you'd go back for a second so can you talk us through that <laughs> so yeah we were just like this is amazing babies are amazing we're loving this we can't wait to have another so we cracked on and had Hector um well (laughs) got pregnant cracked on (laughs) um so yeah found out we were pregnant with Hector I said to Matt one more I've just taken a pregnancy test and I'm I'm pregnant and he went oh my gosh I'm so tired (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, right uh, um <laughs> yay we're pregnant <laughs> how was your pregnancy with Hector yeah pregnancy with a toddler is very different isn't oh, it yes. you just can't mm. you just can't you don't have any downtime Hector the morning sickness came thick and fast at seven weeks and I was vomiting multiple times a day was sick all day every day about a week in, I was like, I can't, I can't do this without medication this time. It's too hard with a toddler. I'm being yeah. a shit. I'm just a terrible mum with this. Mm. Um, so I started taking um, on Danzatron, which mm-hmm. is, I'm not advertising drugs here, but that's a miracle drug. <laughs> it, mm. I just have one before I got out of bed in the morning and I'd still be sick in the morning, but 
um, the nausea was so much less. Um, mm. And that, unfortunately, I didn't go until about 18 weeks. Oh, I mean, oh. I'm lucky it went at all, but it was it was hard. It's a long um, time to feel sick. Yeah. Yes, it was really hard. I was completely reliant on those pills to just keep me going. And I felt like I just felt awful and malnourished the whole time. But when I came out of it dreamy so dreamy yeah. I was like yes second trimester trimester just loving this this is great and I had two weeks between that finishing and then the heartburn starting oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> so, no oh bloody heartburn so then yeah the, the heartburn started because he was another another big baby and I was mm. big again so I think it was just um yeah being short having a big baby the heartburn started about 20 weeks with Hector and it actually did go when he dropped a bit later on but Mm. um yeah then it came back it did come back towards the end yeah so that was definitely harder I'd say yeah and did you find out the sex for we did Hector Yeah. yeah we got the sex written down on a piece of paper oh yeah and actually I think I preferred that yeah, um, finding nice. out in the room. Yeah, because we got home and then Hugh, Matt, and I were sitting there. And I guess when you find out in the room, it's weird because there's another person there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at home, we had a look together and then could really celebrate and enjoy the moment together, all of us. So that was that was actually really nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, and then how did your labour start with Hector? So I was like, he would definitely come earlier. Second babies always come earlier than the first. 40 weeks came around and nothing happened. So I got a stretch and sweep with my old wife. And she mm. said, oh, great, you're already two centimetres. And I was like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> but she did say, quite funny, because she did the sweep and she's like, oh, my finger just went into your baby's <sighs> ear. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> what the hell? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, and she said, so he's actually not in a great position if my finger's going into his ear. But we'll just play that by ear and see what happens. Because um, hopefully, and same thing, hopefully when you go into labour, he'll sort himself out. Because like Hugh wasn't in a great position and then he was fine once your waters broke. So I thought, yeah. oh, okay. And then hit 41 weeks. And as you know, Georgia, that's when madness sets in. Oh, it's just the worst. <laughs> am I pregnant? Am I actually pregnant? (laughs) And you really psych yourself out, don't you? Thinking I, but am I? Because is, am I ever going to have a baby? Because I just can't see this ever ending. That's the thing you think I'm, this is me forever now. Yes. (laughs) Which is is crazy. But, and I actually forgot my, um, I'd had like my mucus plug had gone a a week earlier and grown back. Oh, fuck's sake. You know, you're just like, I can't believe this. This is so frustrating. Just where is this baby? Yeah. So went for another sweep um, at 41 weeks. And she said, you know, I'm going to do an aggressive sweep this time. And it was aggressive. And she said, you're four centimeters. Like you should be in labor. You're four centimeters. You know, do some antenatal expressing. Do what you can. But you surely are going to go into contraction you know you're surely going to go into labor in the next few hours I you know keep my phone on um but she did book my induction and said I've booked her induction for three days time Mm. then at 
8 p.m., I started having some contractions that night, which was great. But they were so irregular again, uh, to the point where I was able to fall asleep between them. Oh, wow. So I'd have one three minutes apart, and then it would be 15 minutes, and I'd doze off, and then I'd just wake up in agony, having a contraction. Um, and it's because I was actually listening to a hypnobirthing track as I was doing it, because mm. I decided to do a bit of hypnobirthing this time. Her voice was just so soothing. It was this Irish lady. <laughs> and she'd say, it was, um, I think it was called like Freya or something, the app. And she'd say, this is your your body. This is your baby. <laughs> Charity tree, like in her accent. And I'd fall asleep every time. Um <laughs> And then at 5 a.m., I, like, crawled up to Matt. Oh, my God, this is bad. Like, I've just been in labor all night. And this is this is not fun. See, he ran me a bath. He was just rubbing my back and holding the sick bowl. And I was just sitting in the bath and was like, why? Why am I doing this again? This is awful. What were we thinking? <laughs> Got out of the bath and I was like, let's try the TENS machine again. But between the two babies, we'd lost the manual, so didn't know how to use it. Um... <laughs> So that was out. And then at 7.30, I called Di and said, I'm, I've been laboring all night. And she said, yeah, I think you just need to come in. We dropped off Hugh with our friends, which was, as you guys know, such an emotional moment, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah, it is. <sighs> Had a good cry. I was super like anally retentive and I'd made a booklet for our friends entitled how to look after Hugh which was oh my gosh six pages long with lists of like his favorite foods his favorite activities <laughs> and I used to do that with my dog when people would have my dog <laughs> oh. now I'm like oh my god that's so embarrassing um, but there you go so got in at 10.30 a.m. Um, my midwife broke my waters. So very similar to last time, came with the regular c- contractions. They're painful, but irregular. She said, let's break your waters because baby's not in a great position. Let's see if it gets into a good position. Same thing again. Broke them. was like, oh, there's meconium in your waters again. Oh. I was like, God, this is like Groundhog Day. You know, what is going to happen? However, because Hugh had been great and fine, I... We'll just keep going yeah. with it. wasn't very worried. But that was... Then the labour was so intense. I remember um, mm. after she broke my waters, I sat up. We talked about meconium. And I said, I'm just going to go to the loo quickly. And they then came on so fast, I couldn't make it to the... Just couldn't get to the, the toilet in that I couldn't stand and, and walk. Because they then were mm. every 60 seconds for 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah just like one after the other i couldn't believe that it just went from nothing to everything mm. and she said you're six centimeters when i arrived at the hospital so just used gas and air i just felt like i was not there with the pain just not in the room and i was kind of laboring on my side she checked me an hour later and said you're seven centimeters and i was like fuck I am not doing that an hour for every centimeter Mm. that's this Mm. is so painful and I said I want an epidural this guy came in an anaesthetist came in and was like oh did you want an epidural yes want an epidural right now and he was like (laughs) he said my name is Dr. Payne my name is (laughs) Payne I was like what his name is this 
And my midwife said, you can't have an epidural, you're too far gone. No, 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 I want an epidural. And he was like, oh, should I leave? And I said, no, like, don't, don't leave. Like, pain, don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) Give me pain. (laughs) He was like, am I staying or I'm going? you're staying and she was like no just just go go um and then his heart rate was not great it dropped it dropped a lot that they pressed the emergency buzzer and then there were suddenly lots of people in there I was just yeah in pain didn't know what was going on and then they said we need to do a blood test on the baby I was like what he's inside me how is this going to happen that was unpleasant they had to put me into Mm. stirrups and told me to stay very still and then they took a blood test from his scalp oh gosh but it was just really hard staying in that position when you're like on with no pain relief and contracting Mm. yeah they said it wasn't great and his his heart rate wasn't great so Mm. that was a bit scary i i remember thinking oh this is worrying but not really knowing what was happening and then i feel like everything calmed down in my head Mm -hmm. everything calmed down and di said to me you're 10 centimeters like really quickly in like the space of 15 minutes you've gone to 10 centimeters so i was like oh sweet but she said baby is not in a good position i really need to turn him Mm. like got me in this weird position and said on the next contraction we're gonna have to turn baby and um holy shit that was the worst pain i could possibly imagine Mm. like reached a hand up and turned him around oh my god i felt like i my insides were being torn out of me that was just oh god (laughs) i was pushing for about 10 minutes and things seemed to be in control i was doing it on my side and then they pushed the red buzzer um and suddenly the room was full of lots of people i didn't realize this because i was on my side and i had matt in a headlock (laughs) (laughs) like his face was next to mine i was lying on my side and he was literally in a headlock next to you i was just squeezing his head so tight (laughs) choking him out putting him into a deep sleep (laughs) (laughs) basically so i had no idea what was happening at all they just said to me we need to do an episiotomy you okay for us to do this i said yes they did it pulled him out they said the cords around his neck they took the cord out he didn't cry initially mm. i looked up and he was completely blue oh, I was like, oh gosh well i just kept saying he's blue he's blue like give me my baby he's blue and the pediatrician had a quick look at him and and then he cried <laughs> thank god and they handed him to me it just felt like forever for him to gain his color when he did though it was just incredible and I was just couldn't stop crying and oh and holding him and it was just it was just amazing I think I think you have much more of a had so much more of a rush of um like love in that moment I think I don't know what it was just it was just like complete tears of joy couldn't control my emotions I wonder if with your second it's like because you know because you already have one you know like the love that you're going to feel for them true like years to come does that make sense not that you you understand the love better yeah i think so 
Oh, yeah. So that was incredible holding. I just remember thinking it was the most incredible thing holding him. And they stitched up my episiotomy. I was like, fuck's sake, another episiotomy. Yeah. (laughs) So unfair. And I had a tear. So they um, sorted that and I lost a litre again. Um, And what's really funny is I turned to Matt and was like, oh, that was just such a special birth like I was so chuffed that I did it without any pain relief and I said it was just so nice in the end it was just you me and Di our midwife who'd been with both of our births and he was like are you having a laugh (laughs) (laughs) like no like it was just lovely and he was like it was horrific (laughs) and and Di was like I promise you'll have a good birth next time and I was like what was wrong with it like what happened I was like it was horrendous you were in stirrups they were taking blood from his scalp and then they pressed the emergency buzzer twice and he was blue and had the cord around the leg and he was like the room was full it was full of people like how did you not see (laughs) any of these people (laughs) um but you just don't do you you're just so in the moment and i think once you've got your baby nothing else matters no Mm. no and i was definitely screaming like an animal but didn't remember Mm. that at all so hector was a bit grunty but we didn't uh, but he latched on for a feed. So the paediatrician was happy to sign him off and was like, sweet, he's feeding. All great. Recovery felt so much better. I think because I hadn't had the epidural. I was up walking within an hour, had a shower. Mm. It was great. Drove to St. George's, checked in. was like, this is amazing. We checked in. Lovely. Spoke to Q. was like, I'll just do a night and come home. Um, and then overnight, Hector's sats dropped quite a lot. Um, they started monitoring they called Niku and said we're a bit concerned about this baby but I didn't see that anything was wrong with him I was like he's feeding he's fine Mm. yeah it was all a bit strange they kept coming and checking on him his sats kept dropping a buzzer went his sats dropped too low and they had to take him off to the resuscitator and that was just a bit of a shock Mm. what's happening to my baby I just don't really know what's happening Nico arrived and called Matt Matt and Hugh came and they took Hector in the ambulance and we followed behind and then they yeah got him into Nico and again Matt and Hugh had to leave because of Covid so I was there with him they put the cannula in they took bloods did a chest x-ray they said he's really unsettled We're, we're worried about him he's really unsettled he said, we're going to have to do a lumbar puncture because it could be meningitis. Oh. And mm. at this point, I was in an absolute state. I was just ugly crying, hysterically sobbing and sobbing and mm. sobbing. Um, and this amazing nurse, Jilly, was incredible. And she just held me whilst I cried Aww. and sobbed. And, oh, yeah, it makes me a bit sad thinking about it, to be honest. But um, mm. it was just really hard. I didn't know what was going on with him. Well, and being on your own, like, that is just, that, that would have been it. so tough. Yeah. It was really hard being away from mm. um, Matt and Hugh. And he, they were f- FaceTiming me and I just couldn't stop crying seeing them. I thought, why, you know, I've just had a baby and I'm going to bed without my baby here. And yeah, uh, mm. just, and without Hugh. And it was just really hard. Um, God, yeah. So I stayed on postnates then they discovered it was um meconium aspiration and sepsis that he had Mm. he was fine in the end you know he he needed iv antibiotics and he needed to be on oxygen yeah and that was and then he came home but 
it was the hardest week of my life by a long oh, way and my yeah. it was uh it was just yeah it was just it was just hard worried about your baby yeah and you had mm. you know you had Hugh at home as well like that's oh I couldn't so I couldn't see him because of COVID for a week yeah. it was see that's that in itself is extremely challenging yeah I'd never been away from him that was that was awful I just mm, again yeah. we actually arranged for him to come to the playground next to the hospital one day and I snuck out Matt we just swapped to Matt sat and Nikki with Hector and I snuck out to the park with you and it was oh, it's oh nice. it was like the best half hour imaginable just yeah I mean Nikki were amazing they treated me really well I think it was obviously very very strange for Matt like yeah being at work but um yeah it was yeah it was he and then he was fine so I have mm. I have no complaints it was just a weird such a weird time how mums do it yeah. for weeks or months on end I have no idea they are absolute superhero warriors yeah incredible yeah gosh yeah. Catherine you definitely had um a bit of a wild ride with your yeah. two pregnancies yeah. and births but Man, Definitely. you are just the most incredible mother, and those boys are so lucky mm. to have you and Matt. Yeah. So, I, and they're like that. such gorgeous boys. So, we're so pleased Thank that it obviously so turned out so well for you guys. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And I'm just so grateful both times. Again, we had access to amazing healthcare. Just, yeah. Mm. I needed to be in the hospital both times. It was just, we were so lucky for the people that we yeah. had around us so yeah it's so good thank you so much for sharing with us yeah i love love a good birth story <laughs> oh yeah thanks so much for listening and thank you so much for sharing your birth stories with us Catherine. um next week we have rebecca who is an occupational therapist who specializes in feeding and this has been a really highly requested episode Um, She's got some great tips in there about fussy eating and um, things like that. So definitely worth a listen. Um, Yeah, and we've actually been working with her since um, recording this episode. So, yeah, we'll be able to give you a little bit of an update about that too. Um, Yeah, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, You can find us on Instagram at parentpod.nz. And we'd really appreciate it if you could like or subscribe um, wherever you listen. And have a great week, and we'll um, chat next week. Yeah, have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.